Nothing entertains me more than when world leaders get interviewed by Western media and they just wipe the floor with them. The president of Guyana was having an interview on Good Morning Britain and the issue of reparations came up. Now, I don't know if this is the best conversation to have with uh, white presenters because there's some form of bias there, whether you like it or not. As journalists, we can be as objective as possible, but there's some instances where if you haven't lived or your generation hasn't lived through them, you can only speak from an outside-in perspective and not an inside-out perspective. And the journalist was just doing their job, but there was some air and some form of arrogance. And he was out here talking about why should we be paying new reparations? I mean, slavery happened so many years ago. Probably you people that are asking for reparations have not even experienced slavery. And you're forcing us whose grandfathers owned slaves or great-grandfathers owned slaves to pay you. And it's like the president of Guyana was waiting for this moment. He was waiting for this comment. And he knew that at one point, somebody who was white was going to ask that question. And he had the right answer. Listen to what he had to say. Why should somebody who maybe had an ancestor seven or eight generations ago, long before they were a twinkle in their great-great-great-great-grandparents' eye, why should they have to pay now for what an ancient ancestor did or why should they apologize for what an ancestor did centuries ago? Why do they still carry that burden? Oh, it's not a burden at all. You are one of the beneficiary of that uh, slave trade. So this is not a burden. You should uh, be concerned and you should uh, pay because you today are still benefiting from the greatest indignity to a human being and that is a slave trade. And not only did you benefit during the slave trade and your country developed, but look at what it caused the developing world. During slavery, resources was used to build your country, build up your capacity. You were able to then become competitive. You were able to invest in mechanization. And developing countries like ours were left behind. So you should be very concerned because you are a prime beneficiary of the uh, exploits of slavery. Hello there, how are you doing? Welcome to another episode of our conversation. My name is Indira Ganga. I am a business journalist by profession and a digital content creator. I love coming on here and talking to you guys about black people, Africa, our empowerment, and how we can rise up and take our rightful place at the global stage. Now, you can connect with me on social media at Indira Ganga on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, where I document my life as an African journalist and content creator traveling through the continent in terms of food, people, culture, and even music. Before we get to the video, I want to shamelessly plug you to an artist that I was listening to before I came here. His name is Tife Olua, and he has amazing music. When this video is uploaded, I'll comment his name, and you can go check out his music and this just goes to show that where I come from, Africa, there's a lot that is said about the continent, about all the things that are going wrong, but there's massive talent on the continent. And I was just gassing myself up to his music before I come here and, you know, fight the good fight. Now to the video today. I was watching uh, Good Morning Britain. Don't ask me why I was watching Good Morning Britain. I think as a journalist, it's very important to watch as much content, particularly from international media as possible, because it gives you an insight of what's happening globally, what global leaders are thinking, and also just what agenda is being pushed in the media, because at the end of the day, <laughs> there's always agenda setting 
in different media houses depending on who owns them or their type of politics so on good morning britain the president of guyana was hosted as a guest and if i tell you that i have never seen an interview where the interviewers were so tone deaf but the interviewee came prepared i think he knew that at one point of his career or at some point this was going to happen now i don't know where the disconnect comes from when it comes to the history of slave trade colonialization what those of us black people and africans went through how is it that we know the history so well and we've lived through it and then for the people that perpetuated these things they're so clueless or they've been taught a watered down narrative of the history just to lay some context i was listening to chimamanda ngozi edichie talk about um a friend of hers who had a belgian child she was married to a belgian man so they live in belgium the child goes to school there and when they were being taught nothing was mentioned about the atrocities that belgium committed on the continent nothing at all nothing about the genocide nothing about the ending of lives the disruption of property the colonial colonialization history had been watered down what they were being taught is you know we took civilization there we helped them um exploit their natural resources nobody talks about how king um leopold was chopping off the hands of people in the drc congo that were unable to pay taxes nobody talks about that and when children grow up and they're not conversant with this part of history then there's a great disassociation because when the two fronts come to the sitting table to have a conversation it's like one is so clueless and and painfully painfully and arrogantly clueless about what his lineage has done and another is carrying the scars of that and having a conversation becomes difficult because the outside is literally trying to insult your intelligence why do i say this all the times i have seen western media do interviews on reparations on slavery on colonial colonialization oh the word today is not working there's an air of ignorance that surrounds it there's an air of it was a long time ago get over it you know it's an air of what do you want i know you want money you're bringing this up because you want money what else would you want why would you make me feel guilty about things that happened 100 years ago if you don't want money and like it's so predictable because that's the direction that they the presenters went because and i'll also insert the question so that you can feel how he was asking the questions he goes like it always comes down to money so how much money do you want excuse me <laughs> excuse me as someone who has lived in Ghana and um went through the history and not just the history so the castles where people were being shipped out of the continent through and you hear the horrors of 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 being separated from home and the things that people went through it's very disrespectful to reduce it to just money there's some form of financial gain attached to it but reducing it to just money is not just ignorant arrogant it's so disrespectful and it's so disassociated from reality and pain it's almost like you're trying to justify what you did and it almost says that if i can pay off for this then i can do it again but the president of guyana is a far better person than me because he came armed with facts 
and he shut down that narrative that the media house or the presenter was trying to push. Listen to this. Put a figure on it, please, because it's all it always comes down to the bottom line. How much? How much should an individual taxpayer in a country like the UK be signing a cheque to a country like yours, Ghana? Well, it's easy to calculate. We can use the time value of money. You can look at the at the period of slavery and the contribution uh, that the, well, not the contribution, the extraction of wealth from countries like ours and how it was utilized to build uh, your society, build your country, create wealth in your country, and then add the time value of money, and you'll, you will get the value. There's, there's a lot of research paper on this. Uh, uh, a lot of universities would have done paper on this. There's uh, in, enough literature to tell us what that value is. But I want to say that it is not only the, the value, it is a loss of time. It is a loss of competitiveness. It is a loss of human dignity. It is a loss of our education system. It is the, is the culture that we lost. It is, a, it is all of this indignity that surrounded slavery that we must consider. He doesn't stop there. Um, it's almost like he wasn't listening to the president of Guyana. He was just hearing. It's like the words go through. Either he chose not to listen or he had questions that he'd been given by his producer and all these things come from a higher up and media houses have agendas we have to also accept that but it was painful to listen to and watch because he still goes at it again and says so what do you want do you want us to hand over the british palace to you i don't know what kind of journalism that is to be honest with you because the anchor felt was feeling a need to Let's close this once and for all. It's almost like, let's close this once for and for all. What do you want? So you can stop talking about slavery. What do you want? So that you never have to mention it again. So that I never have to take accountability, responsibility, and live with it for the rest of my life. But what these people forget is that even if you pay financially, even if you offer an apology, it doesn't go away. It just means that you've acknowledged what you did, it doesn't take it away. And to be honest with you, I wish it could. I really wish it could. Because when I was in Ghana, there was an interview I did of a lady who brought her mom. Her mom was in her 90s. She brought her mom back to Ghana from Guyana. She had come to Ghana first by herself. And she really loved the experience. She went to the Cape Coast Castle where, you know, um, people were being shipped off into the sea to go work into plantations and be slaves. Some, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a heavy history. One of these fine days we're going to, actually in December, I might go to Ghana and we'll do the Cape Coast Castle tour together. And you can just, somebody, somebody who understands the history, who's a Ghanaian, can tell it because I don't think it's in my place as a foreigner to tell it. But um, having lived through that and she knew how healing the experience was, she wanted her mom, who was from Guyana, to also come and experience it. And at Cape Coast Castle, there's a door called the Door of No Return because the moment you were shipped off, you were never going to come back. And for people who are slave descendants, it's very important for them to come back because they're taking back their power. When you said we couldn't come back, we've come back. And um, her mom was, there was a sense of relief. You know, for somebody who's in their 90s, they're almost in their last leg of life. Who are we to say you could drop dead and die at a young age? But somebody who's in their 90s, it was important for them to go back to where they came from. 
and that will tell you a lot she is just a descendant it's not like she was directly a slave but retracing her footsteps and reclaiming her name herself her history was so important so that her ending is not the same as her ancestors where and there's nothing wrong with being Guyanese they're very proud but I want to go back to who I am and where I came from and that tells you that if these people have not forgotten you cannot buy your way out of it you also as a descendant of the perpetrators will not be allowed to forget you know why because if you forget it's very easy for you to convince yourself to do it again the president of Guyana was very honestly that's the reason why he's a president he's a leader he's very di diplomatic he gave it to him but in a respectful and diplomatic way but I like that he shut that narrative down one of the points you're going to be making today is about our royal family and you feel that um, it's not just about uh, the, the finances involved here in terms of reparations for slavery it's about the gestures and you think that the British royal family should make a big gesture don't you what do you mean hand over a palace to your country well, no, we don't want to hand. We don't want the British to hand over a palace that we built. You know, if you go into many of the palaces in, in, in Britain, you will see the lovely green heart wood from Guyana. You will see the, the sweat, tears, and blood of, of, of the slaves who were exploited. So what do you and, want? And the revenue that so was that was earned from their exploitation. So we are not asking for a palace. We are asking for justice and a fair form of justice to the ancestors. And to, the, uh, and to the greatest injustice that has ever done, been done to human beings. We look forward we're to not going to. We're not asking for palaces. No. You can enjoy the palace, and when we visit you, we'll also enjoy it. Mr. President. As if it was not enough, the anchor goes on to ask, why do you want us to carry this burden? Why? I am not the one who enslaved you. I, it's not me. It's not my grandfather, and it's not my great-grandfather. What do you want from me? And... Again, it goes back to my point of how history is taught and how the West and white people perceive themselves and how they perceive other people. Because just in general, even if you hurt somebody, even if they forgive you, you'll always be wary of that thing because you don't want it to happen again. You will not be forcing somebody to forget. You will not be forcing somebody to absolve you of the responsibility just because. It should come from them. It should come from them where they should say to you, unburden yourself because it wasn't you. The most you can do is be aware of it so that it doesn't happen again. But unless I give you the permission to unburden yourself, you cannot be forcing me to allow you to unburden yourself. And the reason why the West and some of these countries are very keen on forcing people who've gone through slavery to unshackle them it's because they know how horrific it was. And maybe it's because they want, I don't know what they want to do with that freedom. Because if people are going to live with battle scars, you're not allowed to forget. In fact, you, you would not even forget because you, you'll see the scars and they're a constant reminder of the battle. I don't know if I'm making sense. But for me, it was such a shame that a big show like Good Morning Britain had an agenda like that and a very, a very ignorant agenda when it comes to conversations of reparations there's so many things that could have been spoken about and you know the um, the leader was very again very gracious in the way he answers these questions and i think that leaders who are asking for reparations know they know that they're going to be met with this and 
to even get an apology from the royal family took a long time took a long time took over 100 years almost 200 years to get an apology so can you imagine now that we're asking for reparations and you're you're dancing around the conversation do you know how long it might take before those reparations come so the longer you drag out the conversation the longer you drag out the process the longer you're going to have to carry the baton. Why should somebody who maybe had an ancestor seven or eight generations ago, long before they were a twinkle in their great-great-great-great-grandparents' eye, why should they have to pay now for what an ancient ancestor did? Or why should they apologise for what an ancestor did centuries ago? Why do they still carry that burden? Oh, it's not a burden at all. You are one of the beneficiaries of that uh, slave trade. So this is not a burden. You should uh, be concerned and you should uh, pay because you today are still benefiting from the greatest indignity to a human being and that is the slave trade. And not only did you benefit during the slave trade and your country developed, but look at what it caused the developing world. During slavery, resources was used to build your country, build up your capacity you were able to then become competitive. You were able to invest in mechanization and developing countries like ours were left behind. So you should be very concerned because you are a prime beneficiary of the uh, exploits of slavery. Well, thank you for listening. That's all I had for you. I think that um, I wouldn't know what the agenda of Good Morning Britain was, but from just watching that show, maybe it was the anchor that chose that direction, but rarely do they because I work in media i know that before an interview like that um the heads would know a producer will prepare questions questions like this have to be you know approved and vetted by the higher-ups the editors it's such a shameful thing that of all the conversations that could be had they chose to minimize it to one facet of reparation which is financial gain there's so much more to be said about it and also, I think, you know, the way people go through gender sensitization classes and racial sensitization classes, history, an adulterated, unfiltered history need to be taught to these people so that when they're having these conversations, they're at least aware. The lack of awareness in that conversation was just alarming. It, it's unlocked a new level of cringe for me. But um, it's good to see that leaders can hold their foot and say, no, 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 no. This is your agenda, but this is the truth. This is what history says, and we're going to go by history, not what you're trying to push on the media. Thank you so much for watching. Give this video a thumbs up. Comment down below what you think. Um, what do you make of the tone of the presenter and how he was asking the questions? And also, what do you make of the answers that the president of Guyana um, gave during the conversation? I am so pumped because... I am just like taking this African agenda and I'm running with it. And new content is about to start coming out on food, on travel, on people. And you know what? And you know, maybe music, because Africa also has like really big music stars. You guys just know about Banner Boy, Davido, Whiskey when they blow. But like, let me tell you, there's talent in the continent, this crazy talent. And like I spoke about in the beginning, there's this artist I was listening to, Tifeo Lua. Let me tell you just quickly his story. Um, He's a mechanic and producers were just walking around the hood with beats and they found him. They literally found him under a car and gave him the bed and he produced this banger and I can't get it out of my head. Anyway, 
again, I said, I'm going to plug you about Africa, African things, everything Africa, because it's just high time we reclaim that narrative as Africa. There's so much more to the continent than disease, poverty, and hunger. Thank you so much for watching. I'll see you again next time.